Welcome everyone to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I've got two people, two awesome goddesses in the studio today. Uh, Blanca Winkfield and Erica Petrelli-Bai are with us today, and we're going to have a different style uh, episode today in that we're there's going to be uh, three of us talking, not just two of us, so three of us talking. Uh, but I thought it'd be fun because when I heard the word of the year this year, I was very interested in it and how that related to stepping into one's leadership. So just so you know, the word of the year is lots of uh, dictionaries come up with it, right? It's like when radio stations do their songs of the year or whatever. This, they have to come up though with one word and there are different ones for just for different dictionaries, right? They're competing, you know, the dictionary is competing for top billing and we'll go with, I'll tell you some of theirs offhand. So just so you guys know we're going to focus on Webster's Dictionary, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary Word of the Year, which is authentic, but Oxford Dictionary's Word of the Year. You ready for this? I thought this was so great. It's riz, as in the slang uh-huh. word for no. charisma. Um, you know, the yes, kids say it. That I hear out of my daughter's mouth all the time. All the time. So riz means you, you have style, charm, attractiveness. And so it's a ver- it's a slang word for, I love that Blanca looks surprised by that. I'm know guessing it took over swag, right? <laughs> well, it's like, it's like the way you're rizzing on somebody is like you're getting their attention because you're showing your charisma. So it's a flirting. Yeah, sexual attractiveness a, a little bit. Yeah. So it's how I'll, I'll be able to tell like, who, what, where, like things are really popping. How old are we right now? <laughs> I know. We're so old. But but look how fast slang changes because your children are in their 20s yeah. and already like, you know what I mean? Like how fast slang words change. I'm so surprised that any dictionary would choose a slang word as a word of the year. So Oxford Dictionary had Riz as their year year of the word. We we're not focused on that one, although it seems like it so far. If you've uh, tuned in, Cambridge Dictionary had Hallucinate, which is interesting and random, right? Um, another one that I I think it was Dictionary dot com. I can't remember. One of them had AI or artificial intelligence. Makes sense, right? Um, but I looked up the ways that Webster's, which is what we're focused on today, right? The Webster's dictionary came up with authentic is that they put in, they look at all the words that are searched the most, right? They take out words like love and affect versus effect. Those were the examples because those apparently are looked up a ton every year, which I think is interesting, right? And then they took out this year, they had to take out a bunch of five letter words because can anybody guess why they have to take out a bunch of five letter words? No. Wordle. So Wordle is so popular and people are cheating on Wordle everywhere and looking up like, give me five letter words that start with, you know, SL or whatever. And so that was skewing the results. So anyway, so once they took that out, they found on Webster's anyway, that authentic was one of the words that came up the most in searches. People were looking for that, right? So we'll talk about why you think that is in a minute, but I just wanted to give you the words of the year for last year and the year before. 
So, because it's interesting when you look at authentic being 2023, 2022 was gaslighting, right? Interesting. That we went from gaslighting to authentic. And then 2021, did anybody have a guess at the word of the year from 2021? No looking it up, guys. If you're out there, you can be thinking. I guess it would have something to do with like being in the house all the time. Yeah. Good one, Blanca. I like the way you're going. It was vaccine. Oh, there you go. Um... Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So we went from vaccine to gaslighting to authentic. So when I heard authentic, I got kind of excited. Um, and it seemed like a pretty positive spin on the word. So just so you know, they have like basically, you know, a bunch of definitions when you look it up. And one of them is worthy of acceptance or belief or conforming to a based on fact. Like that's an authentic picture of society. That paints an authentic picture of society as the example. Another one is conforming to an original so as to reproduce essential features. So like authentic reproduction of this colonial farmhouse. One is made or done the same way as original. Like this is an authentic Tahitian monument, whatever it is, right? Then there also could be, it's not false or imitation. It's real. It's actual, authentic, you know, accent or whatever. And then true to one's own personality, spirit, or character is probably the way that in um, business, we use those last two the most, right? Yes, Tatiana? We've, I've been getting so good about not jumping in, but I just another way that authentic, but authenticate, right? There's so much AI being used out there. So like there's a, so much ways to authenticate. Is this picture real? Is this story real? Is this, so I, I, I wonder if, if authentic came up with that. Like, is this an authentic it, picture? It, that oh. is exactly what, why they think that it's coming up as much as it is, is because in reaction to AI so much. And also like the immersion of AI, which, you know, seemed to, I know those of those people that are in that world, it's been, it's not been such a surprise as it is to the rest of us, how big it's become. But they also think that it's then making everybody question, did you really write this? Are student papers really authentic? Like it's bringing up these kind of bigger questions. So, you know, you could have a lot of teachers writing, is this an authentic Piece? Is this authentic? You know, whatever. And then it also brings up like, what does that actually mean? Right. And what does authentic mean for, for uh, the world that we live in now? So you're right, Tati. Um, we thought this was going to be three of us in the studio, but it turns out it's four of us. <laughs> We welcome you. All right. So with that idea of all of those definitions in terms of leadership and what we think it could mean, you know, as we look back on this past year, what do you guys think? Any thoughts about it overall? I mean, it's so interesting. The definition that you read had conforming in it a few times, you know, conform or something. And it's so funny because I think of the opposite opposite of that with often. Yeah. When it comes to authenticity, I think one of the things about being authentic is not feeling that you have to conform or not conforming to a place that's outside of who you genuinely are. Mm-hmm. The keeping it real, is it authentic? All of that is about, you know, a very nonconformist kind of mindset. Mm. Yeah. And it's true because the, there were three sections of that first definition and they're all in that like comparing or based on something else. Right. Com- yeah. Uh, right. 
you know, conforming to something that that's actually a fact or out there, which probably is right. the AI version. And then the other two, you know, have to do with being real or actual or true to one's own personality, spirit or character. The reason I brought Blanca and Erica on here today is because they're both leaders in our company and I think in the world, but definitely in, in our company and who I've worked with for a long time, but that they are also very good examples of two people who are very unique and authentic and have their own strong kind of personalities and character and the way that they attack leadership. And yet there's similar, there's similarities in how we all do it, but there's differences in how authentic they are to who, to who they are and how they manage and how they lead others. So, and how they live their lives. So that's, you know, gives you a background of why you are chosen. Um, (laughs) But also, uh, you know, what does it mean for you? What do you think that that it means in, like, if we look at it from not not the first definition, but the ones about being true to your own personality? Why is that important, you think, in, in leadership? Well, I was thinking when you asked the first question, um, as Blanca was talking about the conformity, you know, how interesting. And actually, there's so many ways where the idea of authenticity can be can be tricky because we are taught rightly so this kind of fake it till you make it idea where we step into the the role that we imagine we will have or we step into mm-hmm. we really try to like exude a confidence before it actually lives in us authentically so we get really good advice to fake it till we make it and how do we hold on to at the same time not being so faking it after we've made it that we forget to be authentically who we are. And so that's so interesting of, of at what point do we, cause I, I know for myself in young leadership and I see this happen in a lot of young leaders is there's an inauthenticity just because they don't know any better yet. And so they prescribe to, well, this book said, this is how I should mm-hmm. do it. Or that one boss I I had did it that way. So that's how, how I'll do mm-hmm. it. And never sort of pausing in this, this kind of moment to say, is that actually authentic to the way I would do it? Or is this actually getting the results I want? So I think it's a fascinating word because there's so many moments and places where there's advice that makes sense, where it's a little bit flies in the face of authenticity. Mm-hmm. And then how do we swim through that to find what is authentically us? It's fascinating. Yeah, I think with younger people, too, like for me, authenticity speaks to one thing that a lot of young people haven't fully flushed out, which is like, what are your personal values? Yeah. Like if you're going to authenticity for me is like, what are my values? What do I stand on? What I wholly believe in that is mine and that those values nine times out of ten, your values come from your experiences, good, bad or indifferent. And so many young people, you know which leads into what you're saying, Erica, they're getting their values from other people at a young age. A lot of us do, yeah. you know, you're like, I should be really outraged at this thing that's happening because everybody else is. So I will be, or I'm going to listen to this person because I watch their TikTok and that's what they say. So they haven't fleshed out their personal, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them haven't fleshed out their personal values really and truly for what makes sense for them. And they just kind of go along. And I think that's the hard part of them finding their authentic selves as you know, people like.
So. Yeah, it's a good point yeah. because, you know, probably this has a lot to do with kind of the whole Instagram culture too of like how life looks and then like yep. what's the authentic story you know you look at someone's travel pics the unfiltered story <laughs> and yes. my vacation looks fantastic when I post it but then like when you hear when you talk to him afterwards you know he looks like oh you had a great vacation and people are like oh it was such a roller coaster and you're like really yep everyone was fighting and they were puking and <laughs> yep. you know you didn't see what was at our ankles and off camera <laughs> we were at each other's throats right before the picture was snapped exactly yeah so I'm yeah. sure with with young people who have a lot of that pressure more so than, than we do even that, that idea of being authentic, like, wait, where do we start here? You know, do you remember like when in your career that you thought, okay, I can allow myself to let down that, that role that I'm playing a little bit. I mean, I think you're right, Erica, we get, we step into it sometimes we step back into it, but do you remember if there was a moment when you were like, okay, I'm just going to be me and this is who I am and people can take it or leave it and it either worked out or didn't. Does anybody, does anybody have a memory of that? Isn't it funny that we're all pausing? <laughs> because I mean, there's so many different right? things. It could be little. It could be a little moment. Me, I mean, for me, it's, it's different in different ways. So I think when I, um, the job that I had before leadership, when I worked at the restaurant, I think I was pretty authentic to myself there. Yeah. Like, totally easy breezy when I worked in a lab before that definitely not mm. like that was a whole fake it till you make it like oh my god you know all these people are so smart am I as smart as like and you try to keep up with that and so I think by the time I got to the restaurant I was kind of like this is a dumb job anyway so I can be myself I think I didn't I wasn't really thinking twice about that job I was like I'm the smartest kid in this room so I get to be who I am you know and then when I got to leadership I think that's when I fully was able to go, okay, I get to be who I am. Like really, really get to be who I am on a daily basis. These people are great, you know, and we just, I think we did a good job creating that environment where people got to be kind of who they are and work on a daily basis. So I would say it wasn't until then, which is crazy because that's almost like my thirties. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I could be like super, super comfortable at work with intention. Yeah. Well, that's funny too, because I feel like, I am now just in my 50s more authentic. Like if I look at 30s me, I'm like, oh, honey, you still had such a long way to go. So <laughs> much know? to prove. Like 20s me, 30s me, 40s me. I mean, I feel like when we, th if we're talking about real authenticity, kind of whole life authenticity, they're, you know, they always talk about kind of the, the gifts of aging. And I think authenticity is a gift that comes, that only gets seasoned as you live your life. And so for me, authenticity is still, I'm still cooking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm oh, still yeah. marinating, oh, right? Oh, without a doubt. But I'm definitely, I was better in my 30s than I was in my 20s. I was better in my 40s than I was in my 30s. And I do think a lot of that for me came from a, a letting go of trying to please mm -hmm. or make sure everyone approved or Blanca wants that, so I'm going to do that. But Christine wants that, so I'm going to do that. But Tatiana wants that, so I'm going to do that. So that that thing that I think happens to a lot of us is like just trying to tend to whoever and whatever is in front of us. We forget ourselves entirely mm -hmm. in that kind of thought process, and so that's been a slow journey. Mm -hmm. And so there's that's why I think for me, it's, I'm I'm having a hard time coming up with this one moment yeah. in time when suddenly I was authentic when before I wasn't. <laughs> 
switch. It's just been a gradual settling in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that, you know, the, the, what you made me think of is that kind of feeling of like, okay, who do they need me to be right now? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to be that? Right. Rather than thinking kind of like, not even thinking it, just doing whatever needs to be done in my own way and trusting that I'm going to be what is required of the moment because it is who I am and trusting that my, what I've done so far has gotten me there and so forth. And I think so much of it is just like letting things go to your point. Like just how do I, in your, you mentioned it as seasoning, but I think you know, one, one moment for me was when I watched, when I went to DC once for a big conference and I've talked about this before and I saw, um, what's his name from the Harlem children's zone, Jeffrey Canada speak. And he was so powerful speaker. Oh my God. It was the first time I'd heard him live. I'd read his books, but I had seen him live and he was so, what surprised me was how funny he was. And he was so charming and self-deprecating and funny. And he immediately had this whole audience engaged, right? And here he is one of the biggest thinkers in education that was out there. And, and certainly someone that we had studied working in the education world for so long. And so then I was just, just like, this is great. And then the next person who came out, I think I told you it was a woman who came out and she was just so concerned about looking good and being good and being thought of as smart that she was so boring and she had all of her data and she had, it was just this big proof of like, listen to me, I know what I'm talking about. And I mean, now I have such empathy and such heart for her, but at the time I was just annoyed, right? And it was really bothering me why I kind of like had this hate, this vitriolic kind of hate for her in this moment. And I had just come off of like the last speech loving him. And I thought, what's wrong with me that like, here I am a woman in a leadership role. Why am I like hating on this woman in this leadership role and like applauding the man? Like what's wrong with me, you know? And then I realized that of course, you know, we hate what there's a little bit of us in there. And I looked at it and I went, oh my God, I probably do, would have done the same exact thing. I would have been so nervous getting up on that stage that I probably would have been proving to them the whole time that I know what I'm talking about or I'm worthy of being here. Whereas he had yeah. no worries about that, right? And he was just there and he was telling all these stories about how he messed up and how the failures they had along the way right? Of this huge problem. He's clearly successful. He had nothing to prove. And there was probably more that she had to prove, so to speak, but it really left me. And for that whole couple of days, I was just, I was writing, journaling while I was in other workshops thinking about this idea. And I thought, I need to change my leadership. I need to go back when I go back and I'm going to make sure that every single time I'm up in front of people, I'm going to try to share something a little bit vulnerable or a little bit uncomfortable for me or a little bit not perfect or a little bit you know, raw something or funny or just like whoever I am and stop worrying about trying to prove that I'm, I deserve to be there and being too perfect. And I had immediate effects that were positive. You know, it was felt scary and I kept trying to talk myself out of it, but immediately I tried it at one of our all hands meetings that we call popcorn. And I tried it with a story that I told and then immediately people were responding. You know, people were coming up to me and saying things and I thought, okay, this is working. Okay. Baby steps. Okay. Okay. Can I try it again? Can I try it here? Can I try to go into our executive team meeting and say, guys, I'm totally lost. I don't know what I'm doing. And then you guys rising to the occasion to help me whenever that happens, you know, and just having the guts to be like, okay, that's authentically the situation I'm in right now. 
You can't always do that. And I know people will tell me, and we work in a lot of corporate America. We work with a lot of people, a lot of companies, and they'll be like, Chrissy, we can't do that. I'll be like, well, okay, but maybe you could do it. There could be partially you could do it and you could figure out when is the right place and right time, you know? Well, it's so funny, Christine. I had such a similar experience. I was attending a conference called Story, the Story Gathering, which is a conference of storytellers from all industries. But there was a woman who came on the stage and precisely what you described, I experienced because she's a young woman, beautiful, dressed exquisitely, and she starts telling the story of how successful she became so quickly, like (laughs) as a young person, right? How rich, how everything. And I was like, you know, I could not have liked her less. I found myself bristling and she... This brilliant woman, like five minutes into her story, is like, and then I woke up in a mental hospital and proceeds to tell the story of how all of this projected success and brilliance landed her into her own kind of unraveling. And her actual speech was all the things she learned from like coming to pieces and then putting herself back together again. Mm-hmm. And same same as your experience with Jeffrey Canada was the audience, I don't know if the audience was feeling what I was feeling when she was sharing her successes. I'm sure a lot of people were quite happy to hear about her successes. <laughs> but when she talked about when she became vulnerable, and actually shared her authentic journey of what she thought she should be, what happened, and then what she is now, which was a total transformation. It was a human story. You could have heard a pin drop, Mm. you know? And so I do think, you know, to your naysayers who say, well, I'm not going to walk into every staff meeting and share a vulnerable story or or lead with my mistakes. I, I think that misses the message of, sure, you don't necessarily need to lead with your vulnerabilities, But simultaneously, you don't need to lead with all your brilliant successes. You Mm -hmm. don't need to come armed for the fight Mm -hmm. that you've imagined in your head. You know, a lot of times I think people show up to the room armed for the fight of I got to prove my worth. So here's the data that shows that I'm worth it Mm -hmm. as opposed to just being in the room and being worth it, you know? Exactly. And I think it depends on the situation that you're in, right? Like Blanca, I thought you had a good point of like, you know, what happened at the lab when you worked in in science right? Or when compared to when you were in the restaurant or when you came to leadership and we're talking about this stuff all the time. But like, I think too, like if I go see a big client, you know, and I don't know who they are, do I have the guts to keep a little bit of my authentic self there? Or am I going to just be trying to prove it? Right. And I keep trying to figure out that as we go, like how to make sure that, that I'm still me in this right situation, but it's, it can be different where you have to fit into different groups. It's huge. I mean, it's, it's so very, very different. And I think from, you know, for me as a black woman, that's always the thing. Like you walk into a room and what are you going to lead with? Like how authentically me, you know, am I going to be? And then even I am from the South. However, I've spent most of my adult life in New York. I am now a New Yorker in every sense of the word. Thought I was a New Yorker, even though, you know, I just come from Georgia, but being here in the South, I'm mindful of my new New Yorkness. Like how authentically, you know, New York am I going to be when I walk into a Southern room? Like, cause you know, New Yorkers can be kind of like snotty, like, Oh, that's like, <laughs> Oh God, what's that? You know, like, and so I have to be mindful of that. Like, am I going to go with, all right, this is not my cup of tea. 
because it's a very Southern thing? Or do I dial all that back and just go with the flow and like, yay, I'm in here, you know? Um, so just like all kinds of little things that are, because we're so many things. We're so many things, you know? We're Southern, we're women, we're this ethnicity, we're all these things. We are authentically all of those things. And everywhere you go, I think on a daily basis, you have to think how much of that am I bringing into this room? What is it serving? Mm -hmm. What is it not serving me bringing all of that in this room, you know, and how do I continue to do that and still keep hold of myself? How much do I lean back, you know, lean into myself or how much do I lean outside of who I am? It's a hard question. It is hard. Do you find that you do that still all the time? Like everywhere I go all day long, Mm -hmm. like it is a very difficult thing sometimes Mm -hmm. you know like with my family me being gay oh I I'll tell you I lean very far away from that Mm -hmm. when I'm at family functions and I'm alone if I'm with my you know my wife then that's a different thing but I don't talk about it you know what I'm saying and not hiding it but I know in this setting I don't know what that's going to serve me so I will say I do drop that authentic part of myself Mm -hmm. down a little bit you know Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that is an interesting, what Blanca is bringing up is that idea of the difference between being authentically who we are is not the same thing as sharing everything about ourselves to every person in every room. Exactly. You know, I can be authentic. That doesn't mean you get to know every piece of me. Just that's not the same thing. And that's probably a, a misstep that some people make mm-hmm. in the name of authenticity is this idea of here's all my cards on the table. You get the whole deck, right? Right. Yep. Like choosing when and where to to share parts of ourself is strategic. That's not the same as being inauthentic, necessarily. Yeah, and I feel the same. That goes along with that. It's tricky. What goes along with that, Erica? You're so right. Is also which drives me insane. The people who are just rude for authenticity's purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're like I'm authentic. You're like no. You're just an asshole. You're just an (laughs) asshole. Let's be clear. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't get to get away with that. I, you know, I don't like da, 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 and they're just going to blow, but just like, but that's not necessarily being authentic. That's, yes. you don't have to say every negative thought about everything that you want to say in the lane of being authentic. Right. Does it give you permission to, right. To, yeah. just be to be a whatever. jerk all the time, yeah. to be an ass all the time because you're being authentic. Just, you know, like I will say, I'm going to speak my mind and everybody yeah. should be free to speak their mind. But Really, what is it at the cost of? Mm-hmm. And how does it impact others? Right. Right. You still be kind and... and yes. Respectful, yeah. diplomatic. Yes. You can still think, is now the right moment? Is this the right person? Exactly. As you were saying, you know, you don't have to put all your cards on the table in that moment if it doesn't necessarily serve a true purpose, you know? It doesn't have to be that way. But I think a lot of... That's the one of the negatives that I found, like in my kids' peer group, they just are vitriolic and they'll say whatever they feel because it's authentic mm. because I'm being true to me oh, wow. and it doesn't matter if you do you, know, you. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it doesn't matter if it hurts your feelings I'm sorry I hurt your feelings but I'm just saying that's just how I feel you know oh wow and it's like yeah yeah that's a that's an interesting thing to bring up because you're your kids are in their twenties, right? And Mm -hmm. they're in the workforce. And like, this is something that we as leaders in the workforce need to understand where they're coming from. You know, there is an advocacy part of like self-advocacy that is much stronger with these younger generations 
than mm-hmm. probably honestly because parenting was more empowering than our than how we were parented, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, some snacks were left out in the yard for us. You left a spin for yourself and never talk while adults are talking or be in the room while adults are talking. So, and don't come inside until it's dark out. Like, yeah. what? Can you think of some leaders today that are kind of known for being authentic or ones that you would say, oh, yeah? Well, like Brene Brown. Yeah. That's- like, I, you know, she, she's iconic in terms of pushing us all to think about what does authenticity mean for ourselves. She's the first person that popped into my mm-hmm. head. Who are you going to say? Mine was Susie like? Orman because, Oh my gosh. Wow. You, you know, it's very interesting because she says so much stuff that's really unpopular. Yeah. Like yeah. let your kids pay for their own college. Like, you know, there's so many things. And I think as like a financial guru, she's been, being very authentic to the information that she has and what she's trying to say. But it's oftentimes really unpopular. Mm. You know, it's, mm. people are like, that's crazy. Why would she say that? Mm. Um, but she's very authentic to what she believes in her mission and, you know, what she's trying to put out there in the world. Yeah, that's a good one. I wouldn't have thought of that. And her kind of, uh, she's from Chicago, right? She has like kind of yeah. a Chicago, she's, you know. She's kind of brassy, brassy chick. chick. You know, yeah. yeah. I love your example. And Brene Brown is the same way that there is something, if we if we would start to think back on the, things that we've said in our conversation, if we come up with like key elements, one key element is consistency, right? So something that happens in inauthenticity is in the name of trying to be popular or be liked or fit into the room that I'm in, I'm very inconsistent because I'm going to morph so dramatically to fit the moment. That's inauthentic. Whereas Mm -hmm. Susie Orman, she is like her or don't like her. Brene Brown, same way. Those two are consistent in their message it doesn't matter who they're talking to. It's going to come down to these same. You started with this. There's their core mm-hmm. values. Yep. So they might be popular. They might not be popular in this room. It might work in that room. It might not work, but they're consistent, which is a big part of their authenticity. I think. Yeah. Yep. Even like Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach, yeah. you know, their relationship yep. and like watching that and you see them in different aspects and you feel like you're, t- you're really sitting down with this couple, you yes. know, and like seeing their yeah. world. I agree. That's another good example. And real consistent. Real consistent. And I think, you know, Brene Brown is a, a, I think you're right in this, that she talks about this a lot. But I also think to your point earlier, Blanca, about how it doesn't give you an excuse to be a jerk. And that there's something about the word authentic or authenticity to me that also means like kind of your true self, your more wiser self, your deeper self, so that sometimes that self might be very, very quiet, you know, might be a very good listener might know that the moment needs someone else's voice. Um, And I think that does take a little while to get to know, because I think sometimes people think, okay, I'm going to be an authentic leader. And it's like a coat you put on, which is the opposite, right? Of authentic. Right. But that it's somehow, okay, if I'm going to be authentic and I really feel angry or I really feel like I hate this person and I want to tell them that and that's authentic to go, wait a minute, is that my wise self talking or is that just, you know, some sort of defense or something that can make me, I need to sit with this a little longer before I bring that out because that might be way more about me than it is about that person needing to hear that. And I think as leaders, that's really important. And it's what's serving you in this moment. That's another big thing, like, you know, not just serving you, but serving the community that you're in, whether it's a meeting or whatever it is. How well does that serve you being, you know, your, in air quotes, authentic self in that way? Yeah. 
you know, because that's another thing that's like when you come to your values, if your value is, say, I value peace, I value harmony, I value getting along with others, I value, then that kind of conflicts with that mm-hmm. a little bit. In that moment, it might. I value peace. Let me give you a piece of my <laughs> mind. Right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> because what? I authentically think this, da 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 you know. Namaste is on your wall. Cursing <laughs> out. <laughs> well, that's a perfect example. Like, you know, yeah. I was with somebody who was talking about their leader and like talk about it inauthentic and I, I will refrain because this is someone who is very well known who their leader of their organization has exactly that Erica like namaste or like you know some sort of spiritual buddhist thing on their wall I don't know exactly what it was but then would come out at random times with like a samurai sword (laughs) into the thing and just start like wielding it around so to the point where everyone was like what ah you know like and thinking that that was really fun and authentic and you know interesting but really was just kind of scary and like (laughs) on it weird it's kind of scary scary and weird (laughs) so uh you know because it's too it's too opposing like we're we're all made up of a tapestry of different hobbies and interests and likes but that's that's opposing forces right there and so that's a person that's playing a part Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the signs on their wall but showing their true colors by wielding the sword yeah so it'd be better if they had swords all over their office because then the staff would be like, oh, yeah, that, coop, you know, is a warrior. Get your shield ready. Give them the art of war for Christmas. Like, at least we know what we're dealing with. Not, you know, the Buddhist way. Right, right. So I think we shift now, you know, to some things that people can do. Right. So the hard part about authenticity is that it's often, like you said, something you age into or something that, you know, although I don't know, I look at sometimes in many ways, I think my you guys could probably say this, too, but I think my kids are a little more authentic than I was at their age. Oh, for sure. To who they are. But, you know, I think there's things that you that kind of just come with experience and you you learn it. But I also think there are things you can work on. Right. We believe in learning and leading and learning and leading again and trying things. So I think one of the things you mentioned already was staying true to So if you're one thing here, you're one thing there. How you are, you know, with your friends is how you're going to be with people that work with you. I mean, you're going to have different boundaries and so forth, but you're not a different person at work than you are everywhere else. I think that's one thing. You have consistency. You mentioned, Erica, in your words and your actions, right? So you're not saying one thing and doing totally another all the time how to have honest communication that's also kind and thoughtful and not shying away from vulnerability, which I do think is a big one that certainly Brene Brown talked about a lot and um, seeing like when are moments that you can dip into vulnerability. And some people will say, this is not safe here. And that may be true in some places Mm -hmm. you just can't be. But hopefully you can find a place where you can be because that's really bringing your whole self to work. And I don't want to work somewhere where I can only bring part of myself. Mm -hmm. So we try to create workplaces or help employers create workplaces where people can bring them their whole selves to work because then they're going to be working a lot harder (laughs) and be more productive and, and come up with more innovative ideas and so forth. But that takes trust and takes some building, right? But what else can people do to, to practice and getting into that authentic self more? Any ideas? I mean, I think one of the other things that's really about being authentic and being that thing is taking responsibility for your actions. Mm. That's another big one. Like taking responsibility for your actions, your thoughts, your words, all of that. 
for me, that's a very big part of authenticity. Like, how am I showing up authentically for my friends and my family? And that's why, like, things, keeping promises, making sure that, you know, we can't keep every single promise, but staying true to your word. And, mm. you know, things go left, taking responsibility for those things when that happens. Yeah, saying, I'm sorry, I messed mm-hmm. this up. So hard. Can I just tell you this little story real quick? Yes. So I love a story. I was with my goddaughter who's 10 years old the other day and we were shopping because once a year we go, that's my Christmas gift to her. I take her shopping. Oh, I'm the little godmother. Auntie yeah, Mae. So she loves it. And so we're in the car and she's singing. And before I even realize it, I was like, oh my God, Amanda, you sound horrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Like it was like. Killer of dreams. Absolute- worst thing I'd ever heard. I was like, what is that? Like, it oh, no. like a chicken. And you know, it just, it just came out of my mouth before I could even say, because we've been laughing and joking, you know, mm-hmm. and she goes, do I really sound bad? And I was like, ah, yeah. And I was like, and then what I said in the moment was, I can't sing either is what I said. Mm. And she was like, oh man. And then we just continued talking. So before she got out of the car, so we shop all day before she gets out of the car, I'm like, Amanda, I have to tell you, I have to apologize for what I said earlier about you not being a good singer, you know, and I had to go back and apologize because Mm. I know for her, I'm like this really cool aunt Mm -hmm. person, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I know for me, one of the things that I value is being that in her life, Mm -hmm. you know, and I want to know, have her to know that that is something that I value and I care about her. And I knew, I was like, that's a horrible thing to say. So I had to take responsibility for my actions. I could have just blown it off and be like, really, do I have to apologize to a 10-year-old? Whatever. She sounded horrible. I meant it. For the truth. Yeah, exactly. I meant it. But I was like, no, I had to go back and, you know, be held accountable for saying something mean to a 10-year-old that you didn't really, you know, it's a very small thing, but it was like, it was a thing that actually, and that's how I know that it's valued me. It gnawed on me like the whole rest of the day. It was kind of gnawing at me like, oh my God, you said that to her. That's awful. You know? What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful example of going back and, you know, owning a moment where you didn't show up as your best self. Like you could have easily, like you said, you could have easily blown it off. Mm -hmm. Um, But so the authenticity of understanding our impact and that you impacted her in a way that was negative and that certainly would never have been your intention. Never my intention. And because you made, you made such a good point that so often we're like, what's the big deal? I mean, that's not a big thing. It was just her singing voice, which is clearly terrible. (laughs) But like, it doesn't matter how little you think the thing is, you know, that sort of authentic owning your impact, which is what you do. I love that. Oh, I was going to say it's almost in some ways a little bit the flip side of that because yours is so much about understanding our impact and really seeing when we have an unintended effect and really owning that. I was going to say on the opposite side, so much of inauthenticity comes from being scared that we don't have any impact. So like Mm. getting a bullhorn and like trying to shout our in shout, look at me. I matter. I matter. And so it's a way to woo woo. Like it's not an actionable tip, but the tip is know your worth. Mm. Yeah. Really, really trying to believe in yourself helps us. It it helps us be authentic. Mm -hmm. If we, if we can somehow find a way to believe in our worth, so however, however people do that, maybe that's a second podcast, <laughs> No, very- whether it's mantras, whatever it is, but like how you figure that out is a huge uh-huh. key to authenticity, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think knowing your impact, knowing your worth, two things you brought up, I think it, you know, just to set it in place again, admitting those mistakes are huge and learning from them. So you're not having to count the same thing every time, right? Mm-hmm. So that you're, so people see you 
God, it makes such a difference. I hear so many stories of like positive leadership of people sharing like, oh, my boss, yeah, he'll come to me and he'll say when he, he made a mistake. And I really appreciate that. Like that sometimes is more powerful than people who don't make any mistakes, you know? Oh, yeah. Because it's inauthentic because yeah. there's no way they don't make mistakes. No so you're way. distrusting of them. Yeah. And sometimes I love what you said, Blanca. Like you almost think, and this is what I think in the workplace sometimes, like I'll know like, oh, I made a mistake there. And then I'll think, well, I'm not going to say anything because then maybe they'll notice that I made the mistake. As if mm-hmm. as if I'm getting over on them. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> as if you didn't hurt them the first time. Right, now I'm just going to keep going so that maybe we're both in this pact not to say anything. Right. And I can feel better about myself. Yeah. The other thing is, is something that we teach a lot and sometimes we take it for granted is active listening. Like how well are you actively listening to somebody? So it's not just being authentic in your words and what you say, but also in how you listen. Um, because it's a lot easier for you to be authentic if you can actually listen to someone else. You can bear witness to someone. So like at active listening, you know, we also, part of that is listening to what the person has to say asking them questions when they're done that have to do like clarifying. Did you, did I hear this right? Whatever. Then saying back to them, like, I heard you were feeling this way. Is that, is that true? Is that accurate? And then they can say, Oh no, no, that's not what I meant. Or they can kind of clarify that a little bit, but then they really feel heard. And once people feel heard, they report um, time and time again, that they work for an authentic leader just based on the fact that that person is doing a really good job of listening and letting them know that they're listening to them, you know? So it's a, it's an art and it's going to be clunky at first. And you may think like, ah, this is weird, but most, a lot of people think they're good listeners and they're not, you know? So it's worth practicing through a process, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that you guys can think of that could help folks? As we wrap up. Well, just to echo what you just finished saying, that there really is this, it's sort of authenticity equals being being a human. And so understanding that being a human means sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. Sometimes you say the right thing, sometimes you say the worst thing, sometimes you forget to show up, you know, all of the above. And so just again, I feel like so if people listening to this are just starting their leadership journey... Mm. I hope they're listening very actively (laughs) because I think at the very start of the leadership journey is when we feel like we do have to use the reference of like putting on this cloak, right? I have to put on this cloak of leader and it looks like A, B, and C. And so I think just to, just to really echo this point of I'm authentic if I'm, if I'm really stepping into my humanity. Which is, yeah, which is everyone, you know, as you said. And I think, to add on to what Eric is saying is like the other great thing about being authentic is you get to build like really rich relationships mm. because the relationships you build, particularly at work and, you know, in life is general, they're built on real things. They're built on trust. If you are your authentic self, then that person really knows you that that relationship is built actually on a firm foundation. It's not built on, Oh, Erica told me she liked this, but she really didn't mean it. So I'm buying Erica things she doesn't even like, or, you know what I mean? Like, so when you're being your authentic self, people really get to know you and they get to trust in that relationship, which only mm-hmm. deepens relationships, whether they're work or personal. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I think helps people in general build these very strong bonds that make everything around them, their teams, their families, you know, just deeper and richer in general. I love that. Also, just to give a plug to some other episodes that we have 
um, coming out, but it will be, you know, really on this idea of knowing yourself a little more like self-knowledge is helpful in, in authenticity because then, uh, and there's a lot of self-assessments that we take groups through. So if, like we've done it ourselves, whether it's probably the most ubiquitous one is the Myers-Briggs assessment. There's also, uh, and that's, you know, the most typical thing people know, are you an introvert, extrovert, you know, those types of things. The other one is that Erica does a lot with folks is the DISC uh, personality assessment. There's also the six types of working genius. You know, we do a social styles and versatility one. All of those, what we find happen is that people have aha moments of like, oh, this thing that I thought was just quirky about myself is actually an important part of myself. And if I can step into that and when, when is the right time, I can be brilliant. And if I know to put step back from it sometimes when it's time for Blanca's genius to come out or her personality is needed more in this moment, or this is the time for Erica, then we can all kind of be doing this all the time and, mm-hmm. and using our authentic selves in the best possible moment. And so that, I think those things can be helpful too, as a shameless plug. So listen, to those <laughs> episodes if you're interested in listen to every podcast listening to those episodes <laughs> if you want um more of that but i i do think that has helped folks we get a lot of positive feedback but it also in our own company when we've done it i've had people realize some of the things about themselves that are really unique and mm-hmm. and um help them you know in this idea of what's my style of leadership and how do i have an authentic style of leadership well then there's going to be a million different uh, leaderships because there's a million yous out there. So mm-hmm. anyway, with that in mind, thank you, Erica and Blanca and Tatiana who piped in. Thank you so much for uh, coming today. And as always, I could, you know, we could chat about this for hours. So thank you guys for listening and feel free to give us your notes on what you think uh, could help folks uh, with their authenticity and embracing that word of the year that we just had. Oh yeah. All right. Get your riz on. Get your- no? <laughs> Bet. <laughs> we'll catch up one day. We'll catch up. Hey, everybody. Greg Shammy here. As we're closing out today's episode, I've got an awesome opportunity for your new managers and people leaders. Starting May 1st, our transformative eight-week online course called Leadership Learning Lab will kick off. In this course, managers will learn how to build trust and engage their teams, communicate more effectively, and empower themselves and others to achieve success. Imagine if early in your career you had learned how to master the art of impactful feedback or how to navigate performance conversations with ease and even how to delegate effectively. This course is an investment in your team to help your company grow and achieve ultimate success. It's an opportunity that will help your people Transform their leadership skills in just eight weeks. Spots are limited. Pre-sales open right now. This is a chance to get ahead and secure spots for your team members at a 10% discount. Use the code PRESALE, one word. Click on the link in the show notes for more info. And thank you so much for joining Christine today. I look forward to seeing your team in our Leadership Learning Lab.